Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Well, I don't know about you, but... Praying when I got up, I just sensed that God wants to lift people today. It's going to be a day of encouragement today for many in this room. And I'm very excited about what God's going to do. I don't know if I've got the dad joke anointing lifted off me, but, you know, I was sitting there last night thinking about today and Sharon sent me a text. She's on the front row. You can check. She said, just bought my husband a get better soon card. He's not sick. I just think he could be better. (laughs) So you're laughing at that one because Sharon's... I, I don't know whether that was a prophetic word for me or whatever, but there you go. (laughs) I believe this morning, I feel very um, tender in how I feel about these things this morning. God wants to release people from a place of feeling stuck. There are some of you in the room, you've been feeling stuck. You can't go backwards, you can't go forwards. Many years ago, I heard a message from a good friend at the church I was pastoring. And he said there are five seasons, not four. He says, there's all the four seasons we experience, unless you live in Singapore, it's one season all the time. But there's a fifth season, it's the in-between season. It's the season where you can't go back to where you were, but you've got no idea where you're going. And that's a tough time, but it can be a great time and we don't have to waste that time because God can grow us and show us things. Today, God wants to release people from that position He wants to fill people with faith for a better next. I really felt that this morning I got up and these thoughts came flooding into my mind, which I I do believe is God. God wants to restore hope to those that feel it's too late. There are people in the room, God wants to help you with that today. God wants to encourage those who feel down. He wants to encourage those to uh, return to their sweet spot. Some of you had a sweet spot serving Jesus and somehow it's gone all cloudy and not so sure anymore. You know, we are put on the planet for a purpose. You know, I often say we're not just here for provision and we're not just here for prosperity. We're here for purpose. And when you discover your purpose, you'll have all the prosperity you need and you'll have all the provision you need. And God wants to get people back on track with their purpose Different things will speak to different people today. But he wants to take us back to a place of obedience. And those of you feeling under attack, you can draw a line in the sand. I don't know why I saw this picture this morning, but I saw across the front of the stage, like one of those lights, those, like a red line right across. And I felt the Lord say, you need to give people an opportunity to come and kneel at the finished work of the cross and realise you can have a new beginning. And so the title of my message this morning is He's the God of New Beginnings. He is the God of New Beginnings, and I know that to be true in my own life. On Friday, I got the privilege of attending the funeral of my spiritual dad, Pastor Andrew Evans. As a young man in my teen years, I was going down a track where there was so much confusion going on. Raised in churchianity, raised in religion, 
and yet had no idea who I was and whether God really did care about my journey of life. And a man took hold of me, Pastor Andrew Evans, as I went to his church back in Clemsick on OG Road and then on Lower Northeast Road. And as a young teenager, vulnerable, insecure, a man saw something in me I didn't know I had in me. I didn't know those things were there, but he believed in me. He positioned me. He was proud of me. And I want to say one of the most powerful things, I get really ticked about people attacking the church all the time because one of the things I love about the church is that God raises up people in leadership that are sincere and honest that see potential in people. And I'm glad that there was someone that saw in me what I couldn't see in me. And to honour his life on Friday was quite emotional for me because I wouldn't be here this morning if it wasn't for one man looking at me and saying, there's something on your life. And this morning I'm standing here and doing the things that God's called me to do. I am so grateful that God is the God of new beginnings. And I want to start my opening scripture. I'll refer to it a few times. It's Jonah chapter 3, verse 1. Many of you know the story of Jonah in the whale. They teach that one in children's church a lot. And uh, Jonah 3, verse 1 says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. I'm so grateful this morning that when we stuff it up the first time, God allows us to have a second time. And sometimes a third time, a fourth time, and a fifth time. For those of you that are stuck, what the enemy wants you to feel is done it all before, been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. It ain't gonna happen. But I'm glad the more I look at the Bible and the way God looks at His people, the children of Israel all through the Bible, He was saddened by their wrongs because their wrongs were hurting them. But he didn't want them to stay stuck there. The word of the Lord would come a second time. All of us have made mistakes in life. We've all done things we would like to forget. But the good news is the word of the Lord can come to us after we've blown it another time and another time and call us to follow him and to serve him again. Let that give you hope today. The world is more judgmental than the church will ever be. We have a go at the church for being judgmental. You just go online and look at the expectations and the judgments of the media and all the things that are happening in the world and young people suiciding because they can't live up to the judgment of their peers. I'm glad we have a God that's so different to the way the world sees Him. And He's the God of new beginnings. He's the God of the second and third and fourth chance. I believe this is an era when the Word of the Lord is coming to the church a second time. I believe in many ways people that are once were faith-filled that walked away and go, this is not for me, they're coming home. I'm promising you this morning, you're gonna see this. I've seen people do the complete cycle and then come home and Jesus doesn't go, I told you so. He welcomes us with open arms because He's the God of new beginning and He's the God of the second chance. I think that's worthy of clap to the Lord, come on. God is coming to those who are sitting in church that are afraid of completely walking away but don't want to get committed. I want to stay in the background, just mind my own business, go to church and go home. The trouble is you miss out on your best life. 
by not living out the purpose God has for you, and there's a coming home. I'm talking to people right now uh, that once used to be in church life and uh, because of disappointment. You know, I woke up with these words this morning, just this morning, that bitterness, when we allow bitterness to get hold of us, it tends to lead us to the blame game. The blame game when everybody else is blamed for why the church hurt me. But you know, that causes such a pain and such a bashing of others that we no longer take responsibility for our own journey. And God wants to equip us to be stewards of our own lives. So no matter what anybody does to us, He is real to us and we will follow Him and work with Him. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. God has a plan. He has a function. We can grow weary in well-doing and I believe some of you in the last couple of weeks have been weary. And in Galatians 6 verse 9, and says, Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. There's a lot in that verse. And let us not grow weary is the condition. But then there is a due season, which is a promise. And I've seen times of weariness in my life. Our whole family's come down ill this week and it's been pretty rough. And this morning I started to sort of move around. I thought, do I ring Pastor Dan? Do I tell him I might not be able to make it? But let me tell you, there's something through my life, and I'm not being arrogant in saying this, that if you lay down every time you get a hit, you're never going to get up again. And I want to say, I'm getting up again. Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. What an encouraging scripture. We can get sidetracked with other attractions and the word of the Lord has to come a second time. So this morning, three people in the Bible where the word of the Lord comes a second time. The first one is Jonah. The second is Jeremiah, the prophet. And the third is John Mark, who wrote the Gospel of Mark. Let's start with Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time because the first time he was disobedient. The word of the Lord has to come to us again when we have taken a path of disobedience. Jonah had been asked by God to go and preach repentance to the nation of Assyria. The capital city was Nineveh. When Jonah received the commission from God, he got upset. You know, I, I freak out a little bit at how many people say to me, I'm upset with God. So I think, do we need to organise some counselling for God? You know, like get, get him to go and get some help because he's been doing so much damage to people. And Jonah received this commission to go to Nineveh and preach to that nation. But Nineveh was no friendly place. Nineveh had been horrible to the people of God. And the reason why Jonah didn't want to go is he knew what had been done to his people and he did not want them forgiven. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, we don't quite have that level of compassion that God does. We want revenge and he wanted revenge. You can understand his pain because when you arrived in Nineveh, if they didn't like you, they will fillet you alive. They would take your outer skin off you and then stick it on the city walls. Welcome to Nineveh. They would pull people's tongues out of their roots 
while they were still alive and also impale people and then lift them on a rod impaled on the front walls of the city. So as you came in, you saw what they would do to you if they didn't like you. I think I can feel a bit of compassion for Jonah. (laughs) Jonah got ticked. You know, sometimes we get more ticked than God. And he was ticked and he didn't want to go down to Nineveh. And so he goes to a place called Joppa and he jumps on a boat and he goes down into the bottom of the boat. You see, when we run from God in our disobedience, it's never up. He goes down to Joppa. He goes down into the boat. He goes down into the ocean. And Jonah did not want to see the city forgiven. So he goes down to Joppa, as I've already said. Disobedience always causes us to run away from God and it's always down. And then what happens is we, we go into a place of rebellion and not only did Jonah, Jonah run from God, he tried to hide from God. And we see that in his story. And in verse three of chapter one, and I'd like to encourage that you read Jonah's only three chapters or four. Just go and read the book of Jonah this week. It'll really show you some clarity. I believe God will give you revelation from the chapters I'm going to quote today. Because for me to read the whole story would take too long. And you go, gee, he went on long this morning. And so I'm asking you to read it in your own time. The chapters, Verse three of chapter one says that he bought a ticket. Don't tell me that disobedience doesn't cost. He bought a ticket. He went on board and climbed down into the hold of the ship to hide there from God. My Bible says in Psalm 139, where can I go to from your spirit? Where can I hide from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. Friends, I've seen close friends of mine, nearly 50 years now of walking with the Lord and you know, run from God, hide from God, turn away from God. Their lives aren't great today. Their lives aren't better today. They don't have joy today. So if what you've run to is so much better, why are you so miserable? Because there's a hole in our heart that only God can feel. And when you experience God and walk away, that hole stays there. And until we come back and fill it with the God of the universe and His purpose for our lives, we will go round and round and round in circles, no matter how much money you make or how much you don't make or what you turn to. If you want to hit rock bottom, then run away from God. When you run from God, you run straight into storms. That's what happened to Jonah. He went from one problem to the next. And in verse four, but as the ship was sailing along, suddenly the Lord flung a a terrific wind over the sea, causing a great storm that threatened to send them to the bottom. Running from God always leads to storms. And if you're running from God through disobedience, God will always allow the storms not to hurt you, but to get your attention to bring you home to his amazing love. We see the story of the prodigal son. It was about 11 years ago, 12 years ago, that I felt a thought came to me that I believe is God, that there would be one day like a prodigal church, where the Western church, when we talk about the church, we think the church is the Western world. The Western world is such a small part of the church. But in the Western world, there'd be a a time where we would go to that place of give me. Remember the prodigal son said to his dad, give me what's mine. Well, his inheritance wasn't his because his dad was still alive. But he asked for something he shouldn't have asked for. 
And I believe in our Western church, and if I can be prophetic today as a dad and say this, we've had too many churches where people go to just to give me. Give me my blessing. Make me feel good. Gee, that was a good sermon. Gee, that was motivational. Oh, the worship was a bit long, but that new song was great. And we go from a place of give me, give me, give me. And God is changing that like the story of the prodigal son when he ends up in the pig pen and says, I'm going to go home to my dad and I'm going to ask him to make me one of his servants. I prophesy today that authentic church, not plastic church, authentic church is going to go from give me to make me. So if Jesus never answers another prayer in your life, are you still going to follow him? If Jesus never answers another prayer in my life, I can't walk away from him. You know my story and I'm not going to go into it. A lot of you do. And there's been plenty of opportunity to say, that's it. I'm done. But the fact is I never came to Christ because of what he does. I came to Christ because of what he did on the cross. And that's enough for me to be a follower of him for the rest of my life. <laughs> Disobedience can cause... Hardening of the heart, rebellion, an independent spirit. And we can end up in deception. But you know, Jonah, and I love this. I hate the blame game. I really do. Well, that church did this to me and that. You'll never find a church anywhere that won't do something that will upset you. Because it's made up of broken human beings that are on a journey like you are. And the good news is Jonah took ownership of his problem. And in chapter 1, verse 12, he says, I'm the man, throw me overboard. You see, our disobedience affects other people. And we see in this story that the non-believers of God acted more godly. And they actually said, pray to your God. God, they recognised the God of Jonah while he was still disobedient. I remember one time, talking to a friend who was going through a major, major issue. But he brought one of his other friends that was broken to see me and said to him, don't do what I do, do what he says. It's like even though he was so far away from God, he still believed that what I said could work, even though it wasn't working in his own life. And in the storm, Jonah is so disobedient and he's running away from God. And yet the non-believers in that storm that were caught in that storm go, who are you? Who do you work for? Who, who, why are you here? And he tells them about he's running from God. And they said, oh, please pray to your God to help us with the situation. And he said, I'm the man, throw me overboard. And soon as he took ownership, the storm changed and things began to turn around. You know, I believe disobedience is just thinking we know better for our lives than God does. That's all it is. It's not going off and robbing a bank. And, you know, when we think disobedience, we think of going off and committing adultery. And doing, Sometimes we always go to these go-to places of what disobedience is. You know, the Bible says to know the will of God and not to do it is sin. And I believe with all my heart God's not angry at us. He loves us. But he goes, if you, if you say, hey, I'm in a place of disobedience. I need to make a shift here. Things turn around and the word of the Lord comes to Jonah a second time and it comes maybe a third, fourth, fifth or sixth time for us. But the word of the Lord comes a second time. The word of the Lord, number two, came to Jeremiah a second time because of discouragement. So number one, disobedience. Number two, 
discouragement. And in Jeremiah 36, read it in your own time, a whole chapter where Jeremiah is a prophet of God, told by God to give messages to the people of Israel and tell them to stop living the way they were because it was going to destroy them and to come to God. And he, he, he did it diligently. And one day God says, I want you to write down every sermon. Man, that's a lot of sermons. Write down every sermon you've ever preached. 203 scrolls. That's a lot of writing. No computers in those days. And no dictating or no artificial intelligence helping you out. He only had almighty intelligence. There you go. And uh, in Jeremiah 36, God says, get your assistant, Baruch. His name is Baruch or Barak. And get him to write down everything I've ever told you so the people of Israel can hear it over and over and over again so they'll come back home. He did exactly what God told him to do. And eventually the king of the day, Jehoiakim, hears about these scrolls being read out of the prophecies. He goes, bring them to me. I want to hear them. And as they began to read, scroll by scroll, he ripped them up and threw them in the fire. Can you imagine doing everything you believed God wanted you to do and that's the kind of conclusion? Have you ever had a dream from God and, and, and you've stepped out to do things and it all goes south? Where are you, God? And Jeremiah must have been so discouraged that he did exactly what he was asked to do and it was ridiculed, laughed at and thrown away. I love what Pastor Tony says often, it's not about outcomes, it's about obedience. But the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah and says this, you'll see it there in chapter 36, take a scroll, take a pen and start again. Take a scroll, take a pen and do it all over again. Sometimes we're more in a rush than God ever is to get to our dream and our destiny. And I know in my own life, there were things that I thought were gonna happen. There were things that I felt God put in my heart and then in my timeline, they didn't happen. But I remember literally reading this years ago and realised I'll just take a scroll, I'll just take a pen and I'll just start again. And there's a word of the Lord in this room today. There are some of you that your dreams have died inside of you because you thought they were given to you by God and now things have gone in a different direction. And in the name of Jesus, I say this morning, take a scroll, take a pen and start again. Don't let discouragement get you down because the enemy doesn't want you to reach your destiny in God. Moses was a better version at 80 years old, in four, uh, not 40 years old, with 40 years in the wilderness. Sometimes we think our preparation time is on our terms. But let me tell you, our preparation time is on his terms. And my whole thing is not the outcome, it's the obedience. And in the last couple of weeks, I can't give you the details right now, but in the last couple of weeks, things that have been in my heart for the last 25 years, I'm thinking, God, that's not going to happen. I got that one wrong. And bang, 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 one after the other at my 67-year-old version are coming back when I wished I'd had them at 40. But God makes that decision, not me. I'm not going to allow disobedience number one and I'm not going to allow discouragement number two to stop the word of the Lord coming back to me a second time in Jesus name I want the musicians to come thank you and number three the word of the Lord comes to John Mark 
a second time. This is my guess, and it is a guess. I think it came a second time because the first time he was filled with doubt and fear. The reason I say that is that he went on a missionary journey with the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 13. And you can read that story. And he goes to a place called Perga. It was the unevangelized world. It's amazing how many people love going on missions trip because they love the idea. But you know, when you get into the thick of it, it's a different story. And so he goes on this missions trip with Paul and they get to Perga and finds out that they ate people there. They were cannibals. So John Mark says, I think I'm going home to mum. <laughs> and he goes home back to Jerusalem. You can read the story in the book of Acts and realise Paul was not a happy chappy. He was not happy that John Mark had flicked it and gone back home. But if you study the history of the story, 20 years after he went home, and turned his back on the call, he went back to that very place and planted churches all through Egypt. He died a martyr for Jesus Christ and wrote the Gospel of Mark. My friends, don't let the devil rob you of a good finish. It's not how we start. It's not the up and down stuff in the middle. I want to finish. Strong. I was driving here today I felt the Lord drop into my mind that cancer is temporal. Sickness is temporal. I don't underestimate those of you that are hurting right now through physical pain. But I don't want to be morbid, but it will come to an end, either through healing or going home. But there's coming a day. There's coming a day no more pain. No more sickness. I look across this congregation. We sit in staff meetings. We talk about people that have passed, people that have just been diagnosed. When you're in Christian leadership, you're never far from brokenness. You're never far from pain. And if you love God and love people, you feel it. But driving here today, I felt one day, There'll be no more. Everything we're experiencing right here is temporary. And we don't spend enough time preparing for the eternal. But I say to you today, don't let disobedience, don't let discouragement, don't let doubt and fear rob you for the word of the Lord coming to you again. I don't want to die bitter. I want to die better. I don't want to die pointing the finger at who hurt me. I want to die free. But to do that, I've got to let the word of the Lord continually come back to me. And I want to finish with this very briefly, but very powerfully for me, is when Pastor Dan was preaching last week. Someone was sitting behind me. They go, we were watching you write another sermon while he was preaching. My writing is so big, you can read it three rows back. I've got to be careful what I write. And I realised that when Pastor Dan was speaking about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is continually wanting to change us. 
We never stay the same. Hopefully the Danny of today will be different next year and my wife won't have to send me that message. Hopefully I'll be more compassionate in a year's time and, and more, more like Jesus because the Word of the Lord keeps coming back to Danny. And Pastor Dan was preaching, I wrote this down. Let's lift our expectation for God to change us and our situations. Let's embrace a life of change. Let's embrace it. Go, Lord, bring your word to me, whatever you want me to do, whatever I've done wrong. I am so comfortable. I hope this doesn't sound I'm up myself, but I am so comfortable saying sorry if I really am. If I've done wrong, what's wrong with saying, I was wrong. I lost my call in that conversation. I shouldn't have spoken to you like that. We've got to allow for people's humanity, but we don't excuse it. We allow that that's who we are, but we are changing. And if you judge me from the Danny of 10 years ago, you might have a wrong picture because hopefully I've changed. We've got to give each other that grace. And so we then got to change, allow God to come into our lives because that change enables us to endure and finish our race strong. Lord Jesus, today, we love you. We know we're all works in progress. But Father, I pray for every one of us in this room today that we will allow your word to come to us again, again and again. Father, help the enemy's voice to be silenced right now that says, You've asked for forgiveness too many times. You don't mean it. You're not real. You keep falling back. Father, I pray for all of us in this room. Me first. Help me, Lord, return back to you out of my disobedience. Father, let your word come out of my discouragement and bring freshness. Take a scroll, take a pen and start again. And Lord, thank you that even our doubts and fears don't have to rob us of our destiny. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.